Hello, bitches and witches. Welcome to another episode of The Modern Spiritualist. This is your most holy homosexual host, Raheem Nanos. For new listeners, The Modern Spiritualist is a spirituality and metaphysics podcast that discusses how we might find grounded and authentic spirituality between the dichotomy of organized religion and new age spirituality. Today we're going to talk about money, but before we start, I want to talk about William Penn University in Iowa. William Penn is a lovely Quaker college that shows tremendous integrity by consistently delivering on their high spiritual values. The Communication Research Institute and the Division of Digital Communications are looking for daring and amazing students to help create amazing video art. They've had a color and gender-blind admission process since as early as 1873, which is crazy, and they are home to an amazing technology center in one of the best wired towns in America. Rent is inexpensive, the people are friendly, and you can pursue your creative dreams with their international faculty who work on projects from all over the world. So if you are a student and you are looking for a great college that is aligned with good spiritual ideals, William Penn University is a lovely place to attend. So, to talk about money in a purely metaphysical context um, is backward from the contemporary capitalist uh, view of money. Capitalism, not as an entity or an idea in the pure sense of the word, which there's nothing wrong with that, but as it stands today, at least in America, as it's manifested itself in these dysfunctional ways, um, has had an interesting dichotomy in and of itself. Because um, there's kind of two fundamental things here. One, there's an addiction to buying stuff and and living outside of your own means, which basically means, means spending more than you're making, and generally living in excess and still not being happy. Most of us live in excess, at least somewhere, but the majority of those people still don't think they have enough. And there's this addiction to hoarding money, which leads to extreme financial disparities as the 1% that have the majority of the money just keep collecting more and more and more of it and sitting on it and just not sharing the wealth. No flow. No flow of energy. So our relationship with money in this country and probably the world is dramatically out of alignment. There's a lot of reasons for this, I'm sure, and I don't claim to know them all, and I'm not really even going to get into it. This is where we are right now. And in order to get back into right relationship with money, we need to approach it differently. So I can tell you from my experience and from the experience of shamans everywhere that money to the spirit world isn't any different than any other form of energy exchange. So what does that mean when I say that? I'm saying that money is a reciprocal agent between two entities. There's an exchange of energy because we've assigned value to it, right? we are exchanging this paper that has value because we give it value in exchange for something else that we value. That's it. It's a practical, useful thing that gets us from point A to point B. No, it's not the root of all evil, and no, it is not God either. We treat it like it is, though. It becomes this idolatrous entity that we worship, even if we're not conscious that we're doing that, which ultimately just means we give it too much power. And here's the thing, spiritual truth 101, everything costs something. Everything costs something. There is no such thing as free. S regardless, I mean, it doesn't have to be monetarily 
costing you, but everything is an energy exchange. You're giving something, you're getting something. Everything costs something. So say you get like a, a free Slurpee at the gas station, right? Free Slurpee day. What's happening? Maybe you drive to 7-Eleven. Okay, so that's gas. The energy we burn in our cars. Say you walk to 7-Eleven, so that's calories. The energy we burn in our bodies. Say you go to the Slurpee machine. You pick up your paper cup. That's plant material pressed by labor from factory workers. Uh, you're hopefully paper straw. Same thing. You thank the 7-Eleven cashier. I hope. That's gratitude you're giving in exchange for this um, monetarily free transaction. You enjoy your Slurpee. Blue raspberry, your favorite, right? Or what the fuck ever. You profit from the experience of momentary joy that it delivers. Nothing wrong with that. And then it goes into your body and delivers its excess of sugar until you eliminate it. And then your magical sugary piss goes into the plumbing system and gets cycled through whatever infrastructural labor system is involved with that, and which they receive money for doing. This is all just energy exchange, right? It's not free just because it's monetarily free for you. 7-Eleven benefits because their small offering of free sugary goodness provides incentive for enough people to come back for another hit, and they end up profiting. So their kind gesture pays off at the end of the week when their accountant delivers their numbers. Nothing's truly lost, nothing's truly gained. You got a free Slurpee and a little extra cholesterol, you burned some gas and calories, you gave some gratitude. The 7-Eleven cashier keeps getting paid in exchange for labor, so do the factory workers. 7-Eleven loses a little ice and syrup, but at the end of the day still profits monetarily, otherwise they wouldn't do it. So why the story, right? Let's try another. You remember the water cycle? Evaporation and sublimation, heat turns water and ice to vapor. Condensation, water vapor rises to the atmosphere. Precipitation, water falls back down to the earth in the form of rain or snow or sleet, and then runoff and infiltration, water goes into the soil or natural bodies of water, process repeats. This is how resources flow in the natural world, and this is how all resources flow when they're flowing properly. We live in a closed biosphere. We can't access resources that are not on this planet, right? which means it's very inefficient to exhaust resources we don't have, and this is one of the issues we're dealing with. And the beauty of the resources available to us on this planet is that they're largely recyclable and would simply be enough if we lived in right relationship with the Earth. But when we take more than we need for profit and greed and for money for the sake of money, more money than we need, we are throwing the entire biosphere into imbalance. And it's tragic. So what do we do? Right. Well, I don't think we can force someone that operates on that kind of frequency to just realize what they're doing. I mean, they're so captivated by fear, and that fear is of not having enough, as absurd as it seems. It's this scarcity mindset. And this is the challenge of spiritual work, because understand that we are all reflections of each other. We are in this together what someone else is manifesting, and by that manifestation destroying the very fabric of life on our planet, also exists in you, because they are you. And so to do, well, first of all, compassion is hard, because it hurts on this, on this level of exercising it. But seeing parts of yourself externally that you don't want to see, the only way to do it successfully is if you exercise compassion because it would turn to shame otherwise and shame is unhelpful and disempowering and because of that shame turns to denial very quickly and once we're in denial we're no longer in truth we're in illusion so it's a slippery slope um 
But homie, it starts with you. Like if you can re- recognize the dysfunction of another, you can identify how it's operating in you. Probably on a much, much smaller scale, but it still exists because we're aware of it, right? I have done a lot, a lot, a lot of work around money these past couple of months. Um, Not my immediate family, but my great-great-grandparents on one side of my family were Jewish immigrants. And there is an ancestral... Actually, there's a couple. The other side of my lineage has money dysfunction too, but they don't all. My paternal grandmother always knows she has enough, and that's the healing line. But I, even though I'm extremely low income and live in one of the most expensive cities in the world, I was hoarding the concept of money energetically, which basically means I was containing my financial potential in this really stagnant corner of my internal landscape. And it was just like piling up and creating energy blockage. So I couldn't, nothing could come in because nothing was going out. And this is a really common pattern with Jewish immigrants. As Jews, we have a lot of stuff to clear out, a lot of baggage. Holocaust didn't do us any favors, and one of the ways it impacted us was this scarcity mindset in a very particular manifestation. There's a lot of inherited fear of everything we have just all being taken away. But here's the reality. Remember the water cycle. Like the water cycle, money has to flow. So to reduce this down and give this some structure, Here's the three things required to shift money and resource dysfunction. One, look at every area of your life. What is in excess and what is stagnant? Every area of your life affects everything else. It's all resources. So look at yourself holistically and see what needs to shift. For instance, I was out of relationship with my emotions and it was affecting my flow of money because emotions are a resource. Okay, two. Something's got to come in, something's got to come out. Don't hoard, and don't spend outside of your means. Money flows, energy flows. It doesn't matter what you do or do not have. Balance what you do have. Three, be intentional with your spending. If you spend your money on crap, you're out of relationship with money. All energy exchange and right relationship is based on meaningful exchange. If you're spending money on, you know, impulse buys or something that doesn't ultimately matter or feeds your body, mind, and soul in a nourishing way, you're not creating meaningful energy exchange. And then stuff tends to stagnate or go into excess. Be mindful with your spending. Spend money on what matters. Don't create waste. Now, obviously, there are varying levels of identifying the problem on an energy level. But because money dysfunction is so intrinsic generationally right now, usually there's deeper problems. So say you work your ass off to shift your own dynamic, right? And I mean work your ass off, like really do it. If you're still really struggling with shifting these money patterns, you could either be dealing with soul loss or ancestral trauma that you won't be able to shift on your own. In which case, please contact me and I can recommend a practitioner. So if you have questions or would like a recommendation, you can DM me on Twitter or Instagram. My Twitter is at 9muse4, that's N-I-N-E-M-U-S-E and the number four. My Instagram is at Raheem underscore Forbidden Fruit. That is all I have for you. Thank you so much for listening. You were born for the development of your soul. Develop it. Peace to you. I hope you have a great week.